Welcome back to another episode of the Red Carpet Cafe. I am one of your hosts, Eric Root. And I am your other host, Bree Pro. Bree, how are you? I am stupendous. How are you? Good, good. Would you say that you would be Red Panda Pendus? Is that a thing? No? <laughs> Not really? Okay. I think everyone goes through that a little bit. (laughs) Nothing like like a new movie to see that had dropped on Disney Plus uh, February 21st. That would have been Turning Red, Disney Pixar's latest offering, where Maylee, a 13-year-old girl from Canada, is uh, torn between being her mother's obedient daughter and the chaos of her youth. As if that weren't enough, when she gets too excited, she turns into a big red panda. (laughs) I've had the pleasure of seeing this movie probably about two dozen times. Oh, really? My son really enjoys. Yeah, my son really enjoys uh, the scenes where um, May turns into that panda and then tries to not turn into the panda. So it's usually... The scene will play out and it'll get a lot of, can I see it again? Can I see it again? <laughs> <laughs> to the point where we're like, we're just going to keep going with this film. We're not going to stop it again. But yes, I uh, have seen it. This film, for whatever reason, is causing controversy amongst people. You there can't are... say for whatever reason. You know no, the reason. No, I'm saying for whatever <laughs> reason because people are choosing to pick fights when I'm not 100% sure that there even needs to be a fight. I can, I can, okay, yeah. I can get on board with that. My, my right, only initial... If you don't want to watch it, turn it off. <laughs> right. But my only initial beef was that maybe maybe this the reason why it was put directly into Disney Plus as opposed to going to the theater correct is maybe it wasn't going to get the the butts in the seats like the rest yeah. of the films because every other Pixar film is completely family friendly not to say that this isn't but this is clearly geared towards teen just preteen on up mm-hmm. the fact yeah. that my three-year-old son watches it and not all of it like just certain scenes mm-hmm. you know you scratch your head and go would a five-year-old enjoy this film i'm not sure i'm not sure because yeah. they can't relate yet yeah what um did you think when you saw it i was i was a little shocked so when i was watching it and was starting to pick up on like the underlying themes of the movie I was like whoa I did not expect something like this 
from Disney. And then there were times where I was like, oh my goodness. So like, here's the reality. Um, It touches base on a subject that until parents are ready to have the conversation of puberty and your body changing and becoming a teenager and being embarrassed by your parents until they're ready to have those conversations, they're going to see something like this and feel like, oh, it's too soon, or we're not ready to have those conversations, or we don't want to have the conversations in that manner. Um, I think that personally, again, I am not at this point in my life, a parent someday, maybe, but like right now, no. Um, Well, but you are a parent to a fur baby. Oh, well, he <laughs> did not pay attention. While I was yeah, right. Um, so I've been seeing a lot of that controversy too. So there are certain things that do happen in the movie that are perhaps a little inappropriate for children, but every Disney movie to some degree has some sort of adult humor. The problem that people are having, in my opinion, is that it's not just like subtle adult humor so that mom and dad can enjoy the movie too. It's quite literally walking kids through growing up. Right. Okay. So a lot of the negative feedback that I've been seeing has been the kind of the theme of the movie. And there's a specific line and I wish that I could remember it right now, but the theme of the movie is like, being yourself, coming into your own and making decisions for yourself. Mm -hmm. And there's a point in the movie where they're, where Maylee is, they're trying to earn money to go to this concert to see the, this boy band in my mind. Yeah. In my mind growing up, it's like watching NSYNC or the Backstreet Boys. So like, I can understand like my 13 year old self would have done anything to go to those concerts. What was the date on that? 2002. So that would have been about right for what like in sync or something no in sync no. would have been split by then no yeah i in sync and backstreet boys i was in like third grade to be uh, completely okay. honest but i still would have done anything to like go into those concerts <laughs> i All also right, started school early so from an age standpoint like i'm a really bad gauge of grade mm-hmm. and age and whatnot but anyway um there's this this idea of like, they're going to do, they're doing, they're trying to raise money to be able to go to this concert and they're hiding it from their parents because parents have already said no. And it's like, well, what mom and dad don't know won't hurt them. And that's a pretty poor message to be putting out there to kids that are watching something that's, you know, like I can understand how as a parent, you're like, uh, yeah, you're teaching my kid to be disobedient. I think the F not click um there was there's also a scene so part of like periods for the first time ever in disney history periods are talked about which like you know if someone who has a son who isn't doesn't know about puberty and periods yet like well now this is going to set the stage for a potentially awkward conversation that mom and dad are going to have to have if if health class hasn't been watched yet or hasn't been attended yet um it's, I think personally, I kind of feel like it's a, it's a good movie to set the stage for when you're ready to have that conversation. So to that degree, um, there's also a scene too, where it's like the whole idea of Maylee turning into a panda 
It is. It's, it's, it's like her womanhood, right? It's, it's a, it's a physical manifestation outside of having your period. Cause that's quite physical too, but it's a physical uh, manifestation sure. <laughs> where trust me, it, you see it. So it's a physical manifestation of like, of her becoming a woman and she's not really interested in boys, but she's interested in this boy band and she has her favorite guy who's she's going to marry, which is a whole thing girls go through. Screw it. Even now I'm like, I'm going to marry Bruce Willis someday. So it's like, you never really grow out of that to be completely honest. Um, by the way, Bruce, you can find our information at bkrpn.com. <laughs> well played. Well played. <laughs> um, so, but there's this scene where there's this boy who works in the convenience store who is 17 and Maylee's 13. And his name is Devin and he has a bucket hat. Yeah, he's like, he's, it looks like he's high all day. Right. Every day. Yeah. And her friends are like pretty in love with him, but she's not. And then as her body changes, and she's becoming a woman and she's having these tendencies and desires. <laughs> Suddenly she's drawing these pictures of her and him that we don't even see as an audience other than him looking like a merman, which is a little bizarre for me. Yeah, that was weird. Um, but, but she did make the comment. Why do you have to draw those sexy things? Why do you have to draw those sexy things? Which is like, it's, it's humorous. <laughs> and like, I laugh at it, but like, I don't know if I had a nine-year-old watching that, like, how would I feel? I don't know. Right. So quick observation. So Devin at the Dairy Mart, 17 years old, is always there. So she runs out of school when she turns into the panda and this saves her mom. where I was going And Devin next. is working at the Dairy Mart. So clearly mm-hmm. he doesn't go to school. Uh-huh. Oh, yeah. I didn't even think about that. That's, that's not where I was going to go. The like there was one scene where I like jaw dropped and was like, "Oh shit, Disney, you went there," and it's when Maylee is a panda and it she turns into a panda at school because she got embarrassed. So she turns into the panda when she can't control her emotions. Which shoot, I'm right. a grown up and sometimes I can't control my emotions too. Sure. So like like I get it, you know. And now into it, she's got this. She's got a little bit more of something that we'll just use the Valentine's Day episode as point of reference. (laughs) You know, that could be deleted, I think. (laughs) Anyway. Uh, (laughs) So she turns into a panda in school. She runs away and her mom sees that it happens. And so, and her mom clearly knows what that means. So her mom's trying to chase her down and she's running and running and running and she runs past the convenience store and then stops and comes back and sees Devin and she like starts aruga like and tapping her foot. And I was like, holy crap. Like when that scene happened, I was like, people are going to be upset. Like the rest of it, I'm like, okay, people are going to complain a little bit. Maybe it's for them, maybe it's not, but people are going to be really upset by this But actually, I didn't have a problem with that. I really didn't. (laughs) I I just, I'm like, okay. I thought it was funny. That was her, like, well, never mind, I won't go there. No, but I thought it was funny that in school, when she's talking to her friends after the transformation, 
she all of a sudden gets the anime eyes for the one kid as he's going to his locker and flinging his little locks yes and they're like why are you staring at him (laughs) i'm not yeah yeah um so i mean i remember growing up and i I don't know how old i was there's this everyone knows the american girl dolls and the american girl books there's this american girl book called like all about me and it through photos and easy to understand words is a book designed for preteen girls to talk to you about your body transformation to talk to you about what it's like growing up to like emotions and physical changes and all of these things Mm -hmm. there's a whole section on how to use a tampon guess what I used that when I was learning how to use a tampon so like these things exist and there's nothing wrong with them it's just that as a parent you just have to make sure that you're ready for that and I think that this movie because of the nature that it came out in, um, not necessarily so many commercials. It wasn't in theaters. It was immediately to Disney plus, like it truly is a coming of age story. It's no right. different than when you think of the coming of age live action movies, um, stand by me. Right. Sure. Like, okay. That's a prime example, but like, I think that the nature in which it was, it came out and that it's animation, I think that people don't necessarily expect that from Disney. So it hit a little differently. And those who weren't ready to have those conversations with their kids and answer the questions that they were asking while they were watching it, they didn't like the movie. Um, Those who are like, hey, I have teen girls, I have teen boys, like, this is something so relatable. I'm glad Disney finally made something for them. Or sure. those who were ready to have that conversation. Oh, like this set the stage and now we can like do this. Like, um, I think that that's where all the controversy comes in. I think that me personally, um, down the road when I'm a mom, I wouldn't have an issue at all with my kids watching this, mm-hmm. but I would make sure that they weren't watching it until... I felt that those conversations are ready to be had just because there is a little bit of pushback on like being respectful to mom and dad. And like, I mean, think about all the movies you watch. I mean, every movie has some degree of like disobedience in Disney because that's where your lesson is learned. Sure. Like, so I think that some of the, some of the analogies that I've seen when trying to defend the film, Mm -hmm. uh, such as using, Luca trying to use the the movie Luca as a defense saying well that was a coming of age film and nobody had a problem with that and I'm like no it wasn't a coming of age film Mm -hmm. it was a film about what six seven eight year old boys who didn't want to be told what to do and Mm -hmm. they wanted to do their own thing and one one of which was basically abandoned I mean Mm -hmm. so it's not like Luca and Alberto were pining after each other or you know other other people Mm -hmm. Uh, Luca was more fascinated with anything that was going on in the world Mm -hmm. and wanted to know knowledge right so I'm like you have to come up with a better analogy but I don't have a problem with the film I just question whether or not it would have been box office successful 
because it's such an experiment of mm-hmm. a film. Mm-hmm. And um, but otherwise, again, watched it more than once. If I had a really big issue, probably wouldn't even have bothered to try to show, you know, yeah. my son again. But well, and I think too, like after I watched it the first time, I texted you and I was like, "Well, I watched Turning Red. It's not a kids movie <laughs> because it's, right. it's not. It truly yeah. isn't." But I don't. I mean, it's it's just like any other PG PG thirteen rated R. There are right. age recommendations so then you as a parent have to decide if you know if that eight when that age is you know and I mean I don't think that you have to blow the world up while you're doing it which people have really lost their minds over this um I, I have but, to give a shout out to my friend Megan who decided to show her two young boys um now when I say young I mean like you're talking like again like you know five and six or four and mm-hmm. six and she said, when I sat through that film and watched it, she goes, I sat through it with bated breath going, please don't ask me questions. Please don't ask me mm-hmm. questions. And it's legit. It, I mean, yeah, I agree. That's, that's why I would put the age limitation on it because there's enough happening and it's done in such a kid manner that kids will have a little bit of an understanding but then there are also going to be questions. So you have to be prepared for those questions. If you're not prepared for those questions, well, then wait a couple of years to watch the movie. Right. Exactly. Exactly. Um, so what would you say worked for you f- for the film overall? Um, I, I thought it was one thing that I thought was very cool was um, how this culture that Maylee was growing up in um, mm-hmm. there was a lot to be learned about that and her the importance of her of being close to her family and doing well for her family um, I appreciated that because I feel like that's something that you don't see well maybe recently we've started to see that more in Disney but in the past not necessarily um, <laughs> there's a, a friend character who is very low energy and monotone Mm -hmm. but she's not really a like she's not an odd duck character like she's a very significant person in the life of Maylee and so I liked that each of her friends were all very very different and so it kind of showed that a variety of people exist whether it's their mannerisms the way they speak their own culture and 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 for the first time in a movie put multiple cultural backgrounds together in a friendship capacity that worked really really well so like I think that that was great to see um I did laugh when I was watching the movie mm-hmm. um yeah there were definitely some I funny thought, moments I thought I thought the humor was was pretty good um Ultimately, I think that the ratings that you see for this movie are coming down to the parents who were okay with their kids seeing this and the parents. Okay. All right. Fair. Yeah, that, that, that is an interesting perspective. Um, I, I think that the, I mean, what worked for me, the friends, the friends that were in it, I think mm-hmm. worked because you want to talk about a diverse group of people. Mm-hmm. and um 
you know, at one point though, when I first saw it, I, I kept looking over at uh, I forget her name. I think it's Elise or something like that. She's kind of, kind of the deeper voice um, with the glasses. Mm-hmm. And, um, let's see. There's Miriam. Yeah. There's Abby. And there's Prius. And was it well, Priya? Yes. Yes. Yeah. Miriam, okay. Abby, and Priya. So looking at looking at Priya at first glance, I'm like, oh, they just borrow her from Encanto? What's the deal there? Because the, <laughs> the glasses are similar, <laughs> kind of. I mean, it's not obviously the same character, but at first glance, I'm like, did they mm-hmm. just borrow her from Encanto? Uh, but no, the friends kind of worked. And <laughs> there was one line, <laughs> it still cracks me up when you got Miriam when May first goes in May first goes in and she is you know just experiencing the whole panda turnaround right and then mm-hmm. when she's in the class Miriam sits down next to her and the the girl behind her goes what's wrong with her and Miriam's like what's wrong with your face <laughs> <laughs> like that was fantastic and welcome Liz Herman how are you Thanks. Uh, I'm good. How are you? Good. Welcome to the program already in progress. Um, <laughs> Thank you. Sorry Brie, for the delay. Bree, Liz, Liz, Bree. We've been going through and chatting about our perspectives on um, uh, the period movie. And uh, <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I didn't have, all of a sudden, they're like, no "What's kidding. that email That's address? What's that email again?" I'm gonna <laughs> send them hate mail. Um, but so, just in a slight recap, uh, Bree and I were just discussing the fact that we thought that this film should have been targeted more to kind of an older group and not like the entire family and part of the reason why it probably didn't make it to the theater but when you saw it what was your first impression of the film i'm curious the whole entire one yeah yeah what was your impression not just like the period section yeah Um, no no the whole thing (laughs) (laughs) well like so i have to preface this so when it came out everyone started watching it right like during the day the minute it came out so people on Facebook were saying something about it um and to kind of your point someone went off about I can't believe how much they talked about periods and I wasn't ready to have the conversation with my son but he kind of learned about it at school so I went to the movie thinking it was all about periods and I was like that's really weird and then it was the teeny little section I was like get the heck out of here. You totally blew a <laughs> Facebook when it was like a two minute conversation. Um, so unfortunately I went in already with that, like in my mind thinking it was going to be the whole thing. Um, so I really liked it. I definitely think it was geared towards females. Um, I, I immediately, when I saw it, I was like, little boys aren't going to like this. Teenage boys aren't going to like this. It's kind of like, so for me, big hero six was a, geared more towards boys like it just mm-hmm. was just like I want it to be geared towards females and I'm not saying that the opposite sex can't enjoy it but generally speaking there's usually the gear princess movies towards females and other pirates towards males or whatever um but I 
I really enjoyed it. I also think red pandas are adorable. And anytime you put a really <laughs> cute character who's not a female in it, I'm going to love it. Like, I just am. Okay. Like, I love the Lion King. Um, but I really liked it. I will say, and I've told Eric this before, I, anytime it's a Pixar movie, I need to see it more than once. Because the first time I see the movie, I take it for what it is. And then I go back and watch it again and look for the hidden meanings that I completely missed. So I've only seen it once. I may have a completely different opinion about it once I see it again. Um, but I I liked it. It's not my favorite Pixar, but it's not my least favorite Pixar. Okay, um, that's fair. But I, think, I think it had a really good message and I actually read the backstory. So did you guys hear about the backstory of how it was created? Or who I created watched it? the special, if that's what you're referring to, because the director uh, who also did the um the short uh why is it? the one about oh, the, the one about the eating like the sun yes yeah mm-hmm. you know what it's called bow and i can't watch it ever without bawling my eyes out for hours <laughs> afterwards i hate it it's really good but i hate it like it even, your even, mm-hmm. even talking about it uh no but like, it's the I same director to, yeah I was just talking about that one to someone the other day and I was trying to explain what it was. And I was like, you just got to watch it. Like even just talking about <laughs> it, I can't. So yeah. So anyways, yeah. yeah, go ahead. I think the reason that I really liked this because I read that story. So after I saw the movie, mm-hmm. I read it. It was on like Instagram or something because I follow Pixar. And it was actual, like she had that struggle where she was raised to obey her parents and do whatever her parents say. But then she also wanted to become her own person and hang out with her friends. And I'm not saying every person has ever had that happen, but a lot of people do. Like they're raised with their families and they want to do what their families want and the expectations of their families. What school are you going to? What college are you going to? What job are you going to do? But then their friends are completely different and they, they want to grow and hang out with their friends, but then they feel like they have this commitment to their family. So do I think it is targeted towards kids who are four? three two seven no i definitely right, think it's targeted right. towards females in middle school okay mm-hmm. but i think it's, it's good for like a mom and daughter maybe to see it because okay. it could be something maybe we relate to together no that's a fair mm-hmm. analogy sure uh liz what would you say worked for you the most about this film and then i'm going to cover what the three of us thought didn't work about this film uh, that there was an adorable red panda in it totally worked for me. <laughs> okay, all right. So that was your highlight. The fact that there was an animal who is fluffy and adorable totally worked for me. Okay. Um, I think the the friendship worked for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think even the family aspect worked for me. Um, I will admit that most Pixar movies I really like. So I feel like going into it automatically, I think like. All right. I'm a then let's. Biased. Let's flip the coin then. We'll start off with you again, Liz, on what you didn't think worked in the film that you wish would have changed or been different. If anything. I I was like, I don't know. And I bet if I saw it again, I would have a better answer to that. But I think the first time I saw it, I just, I liked it. I didn't find it to be boring. Like I saw no offense to anyone. I saw Soul and halfway through I was bored. And I know, again, I need to see it again because there's a deeper meaning. But Turning Red never lost my attention. Okay. So I can't say what I would change about it. 
because again, I just took it for what it was. And I'm a, I'm a female and I kind of went through similar aspects. I mean, I'm not of her culture, sure. uh, nor do I turn into an animal, but I've definitely had the emotions <laughs> before. And I All haven't right. had to known, like, I don't know, or I still don't know how to process certain emotions. So I, I just feel like it's more relatable. So I can't say what I would change about it yet. Okay. Uh, Brie, what would, what do you think in this film did not work for you? It's not that it didn't work because I agree, um, especially with the emotions piece of what Liz just said. Um, but I, what I loved the most out of the entire movie was the moment that she had with her dad when her dad let her know that his, her mom had a panda and how big that panda was and how mean that panda was. And I would have liked to see that a little bit more um, and that relationship that she had with her dad, um, because I felt like that moment and that connection was really not only special, but not something that we see often in Disney movies. Usually it's, uh, it's the dad and daughter and there's a, some kind of contention between them or even sometimes the dad and the mom, or sorry, the, the kids and the mom, depending on which movie you're looking at. Um, but just having that really special bond and relationship um, was great. I would have wanted to see more of that. Okay. So I think that a couple of characters got the raw deal in this film. May, when she's describing Four Town, is so passionate until she gets to Aaron T and Aaron Z, where she glosses over and says, they're really talented too, I think. <laughs> this like, proves you've seen the movie a hundred times, Eric, because yeah, I don't we were just talking. <laughs> we were just talking about it earlier. Uh, yeah, I've seen it at least a couple dozen times because my son loves when she turns into the panda and turns out of the panda. But yes, when she's talking about Four Towns, she's describing. I don't remember all of the character. One was like, "Oh, he nurtures hurt doves," and this one, yeah. <laughs> studies in France and this one does this and Aaron T and Aaron Z are really talented too I think and I'm like just totally glasses over the the four and five but four times that's, also, that's kind of relatable think about how many times with sync, everyone was all about like JT or Lance <laughs> or you know but like the other ones are like yeah all right I like, so, like Chris Kirkpatrick but and Kevin Richardson but they were, you know, you didn't hear about them as much. <laughs> oh my goodness. Like all if right. it wasn't Lance it's or JT at the time, it's just like, true. all right. I, I will say this. So maybe that is relatable and you just didn't know that. <laughs> <laughs> right. But I, I will say that the, this by far wasn't a bad movie. It wasn't, and it definitely wasn't the worst. I think the worst Pixar film still belongs to Good Dinosaur. Sorry, kids out there in movie land who loved good dinosaur to me not the best Pixar. i still haven't seen it because you make me not want to watch it at all (laughs) (laughs) i was gonna say the exact same thing brie i was gonna be like eric i still haven't seen that because you bashed it so badly i haven't even watched it so same (laughs) yeah that's one like if that's the only thing that disney plus will play like every other movie out there and documentary and short film suddenly becomes disabled but the only one on there is good dinosaur you're still maybe medicate maybe medicate beforehand because you might enjoy it better 
But I'm telling you, you would see it, it your was, kid would probably make you watch it. Uh, I have seen it once. I think he we watched it once when he was one, and even then, I think he fell asleep. I don't think it kept his attention. I don't. I really don't. And <laughs> and the only reason why I've even bashed it is because the landscapes on this movie are phenomenal. Pixar does an amazing job with their landscapes, but then suddenly they went all cartoony, claymation-looking garbage for characters. I'm like, come on. How do you go, how do you make that leap from like an Incredibles to that? Like, I just don't get it. And I'm sure somewhere, someone on the other side of the speaker is going, oh my God, it's like the greatest film ever. What is he talking about? And um, yeah, no, not so much. All right. So this movie was basically a metaphor. Am I wrong? Basically. It was basically. basically a metaphor. It's not the first time that Disney's done this to us and have taken movies, childhood movies, and embedded them. Mm-hmm. And they were all a metaphor that went way over everyone's head. I'm going to give you an example. I'm about to ruin your childhood. Oh, God. Have Better you not be s- about Lion King. <laughs> when was the last time you watched The Many Adventures of Winnie the Pooh? It's been a, few, a minute. A few it's years. Been a, been, few been years. a minute. Yeah. Okay. Like when my sister was like four. Like 15 so years. So we're talking like 20 <laughs> years. <laughs> and if I remember correctly, we, the many adventures of Winnie the Pooh have basically three stories in them that tell the whole movie. Reading from a book. But if you really think about it, each one of those stories were a metaphor for basically a childhood problem. That Christopher Robin was having. How so? I'm glad you asked. <laughs> Winnie the Pooh gets stuck trying to leave rabbits, right? So basically, Pooh is stuck in a hole. Christopher Robin was impacted. Oh my God. Yeah. Mm-hmm. How did you come up with this? They it was were, all just a dream. They were like, don't feed the bear. Don't feed the bear. Yeah, because he's already plugged up. Oh, blistery God. day. Blistery. Uh, uh, yeah, blustery I mean, day. It was just, I'm just a little black rain cloud. Blustery day. Oh. Christopher Robin had some serious gastritis issues. <laughs> Think about it. Knocking all this stuff down. It, it was all about Christopher Robin. And his the flooding, the flooding, the rain, yeah. rain, rain came down, down, down. Oh Christopher God. Robin was still wetting the bed. What are the what are the heffalumps and woozles? That's a whole nother situation. That basically <laughs> comes down to him having too many bad medications. You really think this is all more like stomach issues than head issues? Because all of this I to think me sounds mental. <laughs> I think it's I think it's a combination of both. Like maybe the rain coming down are his like tears because he's so depressed. But now when you go ride Winnie the Pooh, Walt Disney World, Magic Kingdom, and you see Pooh stuck in the hole, you're gonna be thinking, Oh my god. Christopher Only Robin you. needs to poop. Only you. <laughs> yeah, I'm hoping I can <laughs> interpret it that way. Maybe all I'll right, no longer go enough. on that ride for that reason, Eric. Thanks. All right, getting back to turning red. Let's uh let's go ahead and wrap this up. Uh, Brie, 
on a scale of one to ten, Maxi Pat. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I'm not a jerk. Wait, I'm not going to go What a funny right. part, though, with the whole period <laughs> thing yeah. is when her mom, when she like runs to the bathroom, and her mom's like, <gasps> "Did the red peony bloom?" And her dad's like, <laughs> and like walks away so awkward. Like, I don't want to be. How here. mortified were you when mom comes running up to the classroom? You forgot uh, window. You forgot like, your pants. <laughs> like no one shows their face in school after that when their mom drops that. That just you know what? Thing. Some mom watching that probably said, "Yep, my mom did that when I was in middle school." Like oh, someone can relate to that. Wow. My mom did not do that to me. Thankfully, I didn't either. <laughs> but you know, someone did. Oh yeah. <laughs> All right, Bree. On a scale of one to ten pandas, what do you give in turning red? Knowing the context of it, um, for anyone who's wanting to have those conversations and not sure how to set that up with their kids, um, I'm still going to give it a 7.5. Okay, that's a fair assessment. Liz, what are you giving it on a scale of 1 to 10 red pandas? um, So my struggle with really rating this is because I'm giving it, I'm thinking about the Pixar scale. Okay. And Pixar scale, some movies have been very high, like Toy Story and Toy Story 3, Wally, very, very high for me. So okay. if I'm really, and like, I'm sorry to everyone who's a fan, but like, Cars and Incredible are like a two for me. Like, I'm just not a fan. Oh. Uh, so, <laughs> but, but again, think about it, not cute little fuzzy animals. Right, fair. They're, they're humans, <laughs> just how I am, unintentionally. Mm-hmm. Um, so for this, I'm probably going to rate it a seven. Because okay. I still enjoyed it. I like the meaning of it. It kept my attention. But it's not, it is not all the way up there like Wally and Toy Stories. All right. That's a that's a good explanation. I, I, I like that. I'm actually going to take this a step further. Because there's something huge about this film that everyone missed. Um, I'm going to give this an eight and a half. Oh, boy. No, and I'm being legit. I'm giving it an eight and a half. I'm, again, not a horrible film. I do rank other Pixar films higher. But this film was so brilliantly written that everyone missed the key component in this film. So after the devastating, she goes to the Dairy Mart, mom drags her down there, mortifies her in front of Mm -hmm. basically everyone known to man. Mm Mm-hmm. And then storms off and she goes home and she's crying and yelling and screaming into her pillow. And she looks in the mirror and she says, this will never happen again. That's a pretty poignant moment. Like she's going to do everything she can to control it. So why is that so significant? Well, that's because if you look at this film, what happens immediately after that? She goes to bed. Mm Mm-hmm. <laughs> the rest of the film was all just a dream. It never happened. She never <laughs> turned into a panda. Her mom never turned into a panda. Uh, it was all just a dream. Really? You're welcome. Oh, where do you come up with this? <laughs> Watch it again. Watch your it brain, again, Liz. Your brain Watch it again. In mysterious ways. The everything after that moment when she goes to bed was all a dream. She dreamt it all. It never happened. I mean, come on. The Sky Dome in Toronto is going to be collapsed and mom's going to have a board that says, oh, to pay it all up. No, it was all a dream. 
Watch it again. You're welcome. I called it. So that's the reason you rated it an 8.5? Because it's brilliant. Because it plays into his... It's brilliant. Brilliant writing. (laughs) Oh my gosh. I'm going to let you have this one, Eric. I'm not. I'm not going to let you have it. You've been you can listening give it an to eight the fives, Red Carpet but it Cafe. Was not a dream. <laughs> and once again, I am one of your on point hosts, Eric Root, along with special guest Liz Herman and. Uh, not thinking that you are correct in any way, host Brie Pro. <laughs> you can find us on the web at bkrpn.com and drop us a line. Since I know you probably agree with me at info at bkrpn.com. Until next time, everyone. You cry, oh cry, don't cry I'll never not be your right